0: Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.
1: From Café Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business,
2: Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We hear a lot about how manufacturing in the United States has declined over the past couple of decades, and we hear an equal amount of talk in national politics about plans to bring it back. Now, some parts of the Acadiana economy are tied to the national economy, and some... Well, just aren't. Like Fox Game Calls, in what used to be the family home, the fourth generation of the Falk family has been manufacturing duck and goose calls for nearly 90 years. This is one product that is not being outsourced to China, but perhaps surprisingly, you'll find Fox Game Calls all over the world, including Russia and, ironically, Turkey. Uh, the, part of the marketing director of Fox Game Calls is founder Clarence Falk's great Grandson Kanan Heard. Kanan, welcome down to lunch. It's good to be here. <laughs> All right. Now, if things go well for Teresa Reimer, her great granddaughter might be sitting at a table like this 90 years from now, telling the story about how the family is still making stethies. Stethies are customized, personalized stethoscopes. That's the ubiquitous piece of medical equipment that's draped jauntily around doctors' necks on TV and that's held against your chest when you're in the doctor's office. Teresa is not a medical equipment technician. She's an entrepreneur and a creative designer who's come up with the idea of putting designs on stethoscopes' rubber tubing. So that when you go to the doctor, she might raise your heart rate by using a stethoscope that has the Atlanta Falcons logo on it, uh, or Mickey Mouse or Elvis. The possibilities are really endless. Teresa welcomed out to lunch.
3: Thank you. It's great. It's good to be here.
2: (laughs) Now, Teresa, this is a new business that you're in the process of launching. Uh, In one sense, it's a crazy idea because no doctor in the world needs a decorated stethoscope. On the other hand, it's a great idea because I'm sure, given the opportunity, a lot of doctors would jump at the chance to express a little personality and perhaps even uh, lighten the mood to put patients at ease. Uh, Before you jumped in and started Stethys, did you do any market research to determine where you are on the spectrum of crazy to great?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I did. I did a a survey on SurveyMonkey through my Facebook page. And what I did was I offered them a chance to win one of the first Stethys to hit the marketplace. And with that survey, I got um, over 1,000 responses within 24 hours.
2: Whoa! And what were the responses like?
3: And and they uh, asked for what they liked about the product and what they didn't like about the product. And um, so they these were nurses, doctors, um, RNs. They were t- medical techs. From uh, I even had one doctor from Europe that actually filled out the survey. It's very difficult to get the doctors to stop and fill out a survey. Oh, I would think so. So that right there folks. lets you know that this is something that is really um, needed in their field. So, a lot of the comments were they love the designs. They love that it's, um, adds, uh, it brings their personality yeah. into the workplace. And it brightens up dull uniforms because a lot of places you can't wear the bright colored uniforms, you have to wear just right. monotone colors. Um, they like that it gives a part of their personality. Also, they like that it stands out because stethoscopes are actually stolen quite often.
2: Oh, really? That's a. That's a
3: <laughs> yeah. So it gives them a chance to say There's that. There's a black was market nice. for stethoscopes somewhere. <laughs> that is. Uh, <laughs> that's frightening. They. They. Uh, they it was um, overwhelmingly, um, 87% liked that it was the designs. That was what they liked the most. The designs, and it was fun. It was unique. Um, so we had a different prototype to start out with. We just took a stethoscope off of the web and said, here, and I added designs to it and said, what do you like? This is what we like. What do you don't like? This is what we don't like. Mm-hmm. So I listened, and what I did is I took all their responses, and then we developed what into our stethies.
2: Wow, now, now, at first, when I read about this, I didn't understand. I thought it was something hanging from the stethoscope, like a picture of Zachary Richard or something <laughs> like that, but it's the rubber tubing you're it's printing, the to- right?
3: It's tubing, that's correct. And
2: if you get any idea what... Suggestions people have had they'd like to have on that. Oh tubing? gosh,
3: yes. I mean that's the hardest part, pleasing everybody. <laughs> you know because <laughs> we're going to have to. Well, I have I have worked up a Saints, lo, a Saints, okay Deathly that makes Saints, sense. And I've worked up a UL and I've worked up an LSU. And um, just some just some broad general ones like the cancer ribbons are very popular. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and anything from polka dots to leopard print to I was going to say animal cards, skins, people baseball. go crazy. But th- I think the biggest one for especially the doctors, the the it would be your. Um, your um, collegiate, you know, your team. They all want to support their teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: They And it would want you to show that you went to a good school. I, yeah. That's, what, that's one thing I always like to pedi- check out about a doctor. Right. And for <laughs>
3: pediatricians, you're going to ma- mainly gear towards the kids, you know, dinosaurs and cars. And oh, yeah. Whatever. So. <laughs> It's, it's endless. Well, I'm wearing one around
2: my neck now, and I'm very into it's, it, because I actually did not get into medical school, so this is very <laughs> exciting, exciting for me. Now, Kenan, your company is a great example for Teresa. Uh, I imagine when your great-grandfather Clarence quit his job at the refinery to make duck and goose calls, there were people who told him he was crazy giving up a safe job to devote himself to his hobby. Uh, Ninety years later, in a totally different world dominated by social media and e-commerce, Fox game calls is all on you. You're the marketing director. You have to sell these game calls. How are you finding new markets? For example, how did you find Duck Hunters and Turkey?
1: (laughs) So we go to the SHOT Show every year in Las Vegas. Oh, this is like one industry show there. Okay. And we have people from across America and across the world that attend the show. And By the way, are they dealers or hunters that come to this? Or both? Both. Okay. So I think there's three miles worth of everything from duck, from hunting to shotguns to rifles. To there's a whole tactical and military section now. Um, It's every year in Vegas, and we get people from across the world.
2: Wow! And so you're doing you're you're tending that, but what about the actual purchases? Are they making them through you, or do you
1: have them through retailers, or how does that work? So there's a few different options if you want to buy our calls. You can call us directly, and we'll ship it to you. There are, for the guys in Russia, they buy through, I guess, a wholesaler in Germany. And then we have all the box stores, like up the, they call them the big box stores, yep, up yep. and down the West Coast. And so
2: like at a, you know, like an academy, or a, I guess it would be Big Five out in the West Coast. Or something. You, so you sell them through there as well? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, and wh- what, what are these duck calls made of?
1: So they're made of cane, maple wood, zebra wood. I think that's it. That's it.
2: And is this all it stored up beside the, uh, the old family home? And then you bring it in, and what does it take? Do you need lathes, or what, what is it that you need to
1: make this calls? So the cane is actually still grown behind the shop. We've had a patch oh, of cane that's been there since 1951. you vertically integrated. This is very cool. Right. Um, We'll get dowel rods in. So, duck holes outside of the cane. We'll get dowel rods in. Then it's a step-by-step process until we get the duck haul. So, we'll cut all the dowel rods into certain lengths. Then we'll put them on the lathe, which gives it its shape. We'll stain them. Then we'll buff them. Then we'll clear coat them. Then we put the insides in. Now, where does the actual sound come from? Is this the insides part? Yes, sir. So, everything... The trough, the reed, and the wedge of a duck call determinate sound. All right. And you can manipulate where you put those three objects to determine what kind of sound you want. There are also some trade secrets on the trough that give it a certain sound that we like to have in southwest Louisiana. Uh,
2: and you're a big guy, so I will not beat those out of you. Right.
1: But it's uh, <laughs> now we
2: know the duck dynasty people uh, have become rather famous,
1: but you've actually been doing this longer, right? Right. So my great grandfather. Started making duck calls and goose calls in his backyard in the 1930s. Wow!
2: During the the Depression, uh, that's a pretty good way to way to go. The, um, they're all handmade. How does um, Teresa? How do you print your designs? Uh, is is there a facility you're doing this in?
3: That is actually a trade secret. So oh! <laughs> but it is actually I did find a manufacturing company that is able to do this. It's it's. Um, that's what makes them these really unique, aside from that they have designs on them, is that up until now, no one has ever been able to figure out how to do this. I'm sure many people have thought of this because they buy covers for them. Right. You know, they've, they've bedazzled them and everything like that. But this is actually a very unique product to the marketplace right now.
2: And how do, um, I was just thinking about this, you you do the, the printing on it and such, but... Um, how big is this this market for stethoscopes in general? I mean, there's got to be like zillions oh, of these, yes. right?
3: It's, it's, it's a $10 billion market. And so you're
2: just looking for a little piece just of that. Just a the, little piece of the pie. A,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Canaan, I have to ask you, uh, it, the name Canaan, is uh, biblical or family name?
1: Or? It's biblical. Um, my name was actually taken off of the streets on here in Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> that's even better than <laughs> biblical. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Really, mom was just driving by and... I think the story goes my father's one of my father's friends lives at the end of Canaan Drive here in Lafayette. And my mom was so far along along I was the first one, so they didn't have a name. And so <laughs> <laughs> I think the way my dad went to visit his buddy and at the end of that it was like, Hey, have we ever thought about Canaan? And I said, Well no, that we'll go with that. <laughs>
2: And I assume your your family lived near Teresa Boulevard in yeah, Texarkana. Yeah, um, That's yes. a, this is a, all going to all going to work out well. They, <laughs> they, now, in terms of the sales on your side, kind of the same question we asked Kanan, um, Is it all going to be online?
3: Um, it's going to be online, and also we're going to try to get into like um, the medical supply stores and the um, the. The facilities that uh, sell to the colleges and, and, and nursing schools and things like that.
2: That's you know it's funny. I teach at Tulane, and we have the same kind of thing where uh, companies always try to get the students used to equipment because they'll ask it first for when they get out. They, uh,
3: and those that are in nursing school, they, they really depend heavily upon their their instructors and the, the whoever comes to the school to, to tell them what type of stethoscopes to buy. So if we can get our foot in the door on that, you know, it'll open up a whole new avenue, also. Well,
2: and I have to ask you this question. I mean, I guess you have some sort of patent, right? I mean, the the big stethoscope guys are going to be envious and try to make their own, right?
3: You can do a patent on designs, but it's a waste of money because, you know, it's it's just a design patent. So they can change an element of the design and do it themselves. It's very difficult. This is the only thing that holds me back from. Um, the investors and things. Well, not holds me back, but it's kind of they don't like the fact right. that it can't be protected. Yeah. So to get to, to to you know my my thing is just to get first to the market and and get the stethes name out there and get it you know I can trademark that. Yeah, right that out. is but, a cool name yeah. too. Well, thank
2: There's you. There's a Canaan. If you wore a stethoscope, what would you have on yours?
3: Duck calls. Ducks.
1: I <laughs> think probably ducks.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and Teresa, how'd you get the idea? We just uh you having them put that cold part on your chest someday. and no, I, don't,
3: I don't really don't try. I try not to go to the doctors. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
3: it was actually a pivot of another brainchild of mine. Um, I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit didn't hit me until about two to three years ago. And it was just I had an idea, and I looked it up and said, well, this is not out there, and I can't really say it right now right. because it's still going to be a product that's, that I'm going to return to. But um, I was showing it to a pediatrician friend of mine. I said, no, nah, no, nah, nah. and he goes, oh, well, I would love a, a stethoscope with zebra print on it. I'd wear that, you know, anything to get the kids to, to oh, listen yeah. and get their attention off of what I'm doing because it's hard to do the exam when they're scared of you. Right. So I just took that <laughs> and went, huh, and I just started researching, and it was difficult because, like I said, it had never been done before, well, and it took a lot of tenacity and perseverance, and nine months of researching and trying this and trying that, and and I had a great actually I I was I, was, I had a great guy on board, Alex Burge of PSDI product source direct international out of utah right. and he's been my right hand man he's the one that's gotten me in contact with the manufacturers and that 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 he has stayed up you know late nights and lost sleep with me through this uh, <laughs> whole process so well, i have to give him a really big shout out there because <laughs> thank you alex <laughs>
2: <laughs> now with with yours on uh Canon, do you have uh this it's got to be competition is there like a microsoft of duck calls that dominates the market or anything like that? Or is it all independence?
1: So throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you could only buy a Fox game call. Whoa. Yeah. We're one of the original mass producers of duck calls. I think as the story goes, and I guess in the 20s and 30s, guys from nor- the northern states would come to Louisiana and hunt, and they brought with them duck calls. And then, you know, people like my great-grandfather started making their own duck calls. And for the reed of the old duck calls, they used to take rubber combs and cut out parts of it to create a reed because they couldn't get rubber because uh, it was the Great Depression. Yeah, right. It's all going to later the war years and all, sure. Right. So our original calls were the CA-22s, um, or excuse me, the CA-11s, which are all cane, which I would assume was cut from the marsh. And that's how they got the wood to make the duck calls they use the reed, they use the combs to make the reeds and they probably created all kind of, I mean they did the best they can they did the best they could with what they had
2: and i have to ask is your family business um, that is one of the most difficult things to to operate uh you've got uh, brothers and sisters or uncles or aunts in the business or?
1: so we have an aunt um, and then the are six grandkids there are six great-grandkids from Potang um, and we all kind of help out Wow, and uh, all goes well.
2: You haven't killed each other or anything like that. We have, no, because I alive. only say that because I hear stories about this all the time. <laughs> and uh, any—I mean, you don't have to give any trade secrets or such. But how many, how many do you sell, and how big is the market? We sell
1: a lot, a lot. All right, well, I'll write that lot. down. That's my denominator. <laughs> They—do
2: uh, you think you make up a sizable percentage of the market?
1: Yes. We probably make up a, a large chunk of the market. Wow. So <laughs> we go to all the shot so we go to shot shows. I do a lot of ducks unlimited banquets, a lot of ducks unlimited um fundraisers. And there's a lot of guys who are in their probably seventies and eighties now, they come up and say, Oh, my first duck call or my first ten duck calls were all Fox game calls. So we had the, mar- I mean, we still have the market. So all these people grew up with our calls, and they still work. So duck calls don't really, unless you drop them and step on them, they'll last forever. Oh. So they have guys who still have some of my great grandfather's <laughs> calls that have to be like eighty years But you can't sell so. them more that way. That's a, that's you're so good that it's a problem. Yeah, we're that good. <laughs> it's a problem, but. With more duck hunters and then everybody drops a duck call in the blind or you lose it in the marsh or you crack a reed. So that's what really keeps us in business. <laughs> now it's ducks and geese should do, right? So we have duck calls, goose calls, squirrel calls, hulk calls, pheasant calls, coon squallers, predator calls. We have a total of 62 different calls. No we way. Made. Yes.
2: Wow and they're all being made out of the family home. What is a squirrel? What noise does a squirrel make? Is it uh... this kind of um.
1: <laughs> on the radio. I won't do I've that. I've been quacking on the radio. <laughs> There's a guy. I did a radio show at Mobile, Alabama. What was it, three years ago? And somebody's like, "Can you quack on the radio?" <laughs> so I won't quack. I blow the duck call. That's asking too much. Uh, they. Uh, yeah. they uh, now this is the part of the
2: show we call. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, I'm sure both of you have been on a bunch of job interviews. Most of the time they're pretty predictable, and you're telling the same story about yourself. But some newer companies have human resources departments who have come up with inventive questions designed to find out a little more about a potential employee. I've got a list of 20 of these questions here, and all of these have been asked in real interviews, and I'm going to ask you uh, one each. And now, Teresa, I'll start with you. Just give me a number from 1 to 20.
3: 18.
2: 18, all right. What is the last gift you gave someone?
3: The last gift I gave someone? Um... It was a multifunction pen that was a ruler, a pen, a pencil, a cell phone holder, a screwdriver, and a, a flashlight.
2: A dessert <laughs> topping? There's <that> a what? Why? <laughs> Who got that wonderful <laughs> gift?
3: Someone that needed all those things? My daughter's boyfriend had uh, gotten his Ph.D. in engineering, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an IT engineer, so you know we like gadgets and stuff. <laughs> He loved it. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: I bet this was very popular there. Now, Kanan, you give me a number from between 1 and 20. 20. All right. Going to the bottom here. All right. Tell me about the worst boss
1: you've ever had. Uh, weren't you in the Marines? You must have had at least tough bosses. We had tough bosses, but tough bosses prepare you for combat. So they were doing you a favor by being tough. I mean, right. This is,
2: Teresa, are you making arrangements with manufacturers or... Because uh, I assume you're not going to be making these in your magic plant somewhere. No, we already
3: have a manufacturer in place.
2: That is... Now, what? now when I think about this, I think of how everybody might want to be... Have a custom kind of thing. And that that's a little tough. Uh, would, be, would you be thinking about, like, I'm going to make 100... Ones that look like leopards and, uh, and 100 ones that say U- UL and hope you get orders for those? Or oh, is each I, one going to be custom? Yeah,
3: I wish that the minimum were 100. It's 1,000 per one design if it's just the black. But the design can have any color. But if I want to go with the um, colored chill rings and the colored earbuds, right. the minimum order is 5,000. Five
2: 5,000? Of one design. So, so if I wanted
3: to do a UL with the red chill rings and the red earbuds, I could. the minimum order is 5,000.
2: And is that prohibitive, or you think there's orders of that size ready to come in?
3: Um, I think we could, d- uh, yeah, yes, definitely. That's yeah. great. And so, it, but it makes it a little harder to just to do like a you know, run of polka dots or a run of you know zebra prints or a run of of black and orange zebra prints. You know, if they wanted yeah. a certain size. Well, tell me,
2: tell me then, Teresa, what do you think your marketing would look like? Would you be a, approaching? Uh, who would it be? The procurement person at a hospital, or wh- who makes that decision?
3: Well, actually, you know, the nurses buy their own, mostly. So this is going to be, we're going to appeal, our target audience would be pediatricians, obviously, and nurses and medical technicians, the guys who bring you in, weigh you, and take your blood pressure and things like that. So Facebook, we've got a Facebook presence. It's Facebook Stethys. If you, anybody out there wants to look and give okay. us our opinion, go look on the page <laughs> and, and tell me what you think. Uh, we have Instagram. We have Twitter, all of that. You know, social media is just phenomenal for advertising and getting it out there. Now,
2: so. you're a very creative person. Do you um, do you do the designs or does that get?
3: I do them myself. You do those. So yeah. the,
2: the manufacturer of the actual product, is that here in Lafayette? or Is that some that's
3: going to be outsourced?
2: Okay, yeah, yeah they uh,
3: for now. For now, that would <laughs> be great. You know, we can grow really big and bring it into Lafayette. <laughs> have my own manufacturing. Company. Well,
2: th- that would work out fine. They, uh, well, Tracy, you've got this great idea, and you mentioned you even have another idea hidden back in your mind there somewhere. But uh, in Lafayette, here, who has been able to? Who have you been able to call on? It's one thing to have an idea; it's really another to to get it pushed to that next step
3: exactly that is one of the toughest things for young entrepreneurs and myself especially because like I said I'm not an entrepreneur or I wasn't I am now I wasn't (laughs) and so you go I've got this great idea what do I do so I went to some of the uh, commercialized companies but they couldn't help me because you know of the aspect of it and I lucked out at the TV station um, um, Joel Dawson had came in and did a plug for Innovate Acadiana, and they were doing a pitch event downtown. So oh. I went to the pitch event, and I got to know Joel Dawson. And um, he then introduced me to Pete Prados of also Innovate Acadiana, and he has Inventure venture help and some other issues, uh, opportunity machines. That's a big... Right. Yep. These are all companies that help young entrepreneurs and guide them. Pete has actually become my mentor, and I owe him a lot. He's the guy... Uh, that if anybody out there needs wants to know what to do with their idea, go talk to Pete at a, at uh, Innovate Acadiana because they take you under your wing and they they guide you and they they give you advice. You know, a lot of times you have to just um, take it and run with it. You have to be right. proactive. You can't just you know you have to look for it and research and do your own thing. But
2: um, and so he he you present the idea to him and then he. St- Kind of sits down with you and shows how you how this could work to fruition.
3: I kind of went to him with the first idea, and and he, you know, he gave me some ideas, and so I, I started researching and working on it. And then when when this came along, and I went to him and I said, you know, my pediatrician friend said this, da da da. He goes, well, you know, sometimes you just got to know when to pivot. And so I did. I <laughs>
2: yeah, pivot from the first idea to the second That's idea. That's right.
3: And then from there, I would go to him every two or three months. This is where I've, you know, what I've done, and this, and I would get stuck, you know. So because I didn't know what to do, he said, "Well, have you thought about a product sourcing company?" And that's how I found PSDI and Alex Burge. Oh, yes. right. So these are the he's two given th- me ideas to yes.
2: That and he's he's helped a lot of people in this community. He Ken, really has. Ken, I wanted to ask you a question. You, you've got such a great name in that field. Uh, I guess people must ask you if you want to expand the product line a little. You've got the, you've got the name recognition. Uh, do, you, do you kick that around? or? No. No, you, this is what you're going to do. They're
1: flat out no. <laughs> <laughs> and what I always tell people, when you have the best product, why change it?
2: Now, Kanan, you're manufacturing a product that's been made in Acadiana for decades. Teresa, you're in the early stages of launching your business. In one sense, your products are vastly different, but in another way, you have a lot in common. They're functional and creative, and they reflect the ingenuity and inspiration that comes from living in this supportive business community. Uh, Teresa, we look forward to keeping up with you and the Stethys, and Kanan, uh, the pressure's on you to have... Kids to keep the family uh, business going. <laughs> this is gonna be this has been a fun and informative <laughs> get together. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and out to lunch. Thank you. Thank guys you guys are great. My guests on out to lunch today have been Kanan Hurd, marketing director of Fox Game Calls in Lake Charles and Teresa Reimer, the founder of Stethies in Lafayette. You can find out more about Kanan's calls and Teresa's stethoscopes by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and it'sacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Café Vermilionville in Lafayette. Café V is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Murrell, and Christian is our researcher. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine and Dr. Blake Escuday. If you want to know what we look like, and who doesn't, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's akadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden, Lafayette, located off Pinhook, near Cali Saloon. Wyndham Garden, Lafayette is pet and family friendly, with Free parking and free Wi-Fi. Additional support comes from Abiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the One Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for ItsaCadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville. For more business Acadiana style, on
0: Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham, Garden Lafayette.